Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's up, Panther fans? It's the C3 Panthers postgame. Today, the Carolina Panthers fell to the Chicago Bears. 23-16 to was the final score in what was a hard-hitting thud of a thud-thud match when it came to defenses playing hard to potential defensive rookie of the year candidates and Jeremy Chin and Jalen Johnson opposing each other making great plays on both sides of the ball but unfortunately the ball did not fall in favor the score did not fall in favor of the Carolina Panthers as they fall to three and three and the Chicago Bears crazily advanced to five and one with a defense alone but we're going to be here today to chop it up and on the Longest Running Panthers podcast. That's right. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. We're live on Tuesday nights. That's our main go-to night. But we also have this post game that you can be a part of by calling in to the show, 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Smash the thumbs up button. Give us a like. And you know who I like? My man, my co-host, the man, Cody Lashney. Welcome to the C3 Panthers postgame. Tony Dunn, man, we have a lot to talk about today, and I hope uh, everyone's excited for this show because we have some real honest opinions for y'all. Y'all know I do, and uh, I have a brand new nickname for Teddy Bridgewater, and you're going to have to find out what it is, folks. That's called Barry in the Lead, ladies and gentlemen. We have if you like Teddy Bridgewater, thing. you will be uh, soft on this uh, nickname and if you uh, <laughs> dislike him uh, you will like Cody Schumer. Listen as always we're going to do it with the most lit Panther fans in all of YouTube George West, Tim Tizzy, Robbie Switzer, Near Vosh, Dakota Tumbleton what's up bro? Tim Tizzy Underground West the whole crew's in here Tony ain't nothing to do it but to do it let's roll. 
Man, I love to see people in the chat room. People are following as we speak. You see them popping up on your screen. Uh, and thank you to all the people who listen later on on iTunes. Tune in. Stitcher. I just applied to Amazon Podcast, so it should be up there soon. So thank you for your support, guys. You can find me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. And I got my man, Code Dizzle, CK in the house. How you doing? Man, been better. Been um, better. Oh, yeah, the Panthers did lose, and this is a post game show. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a bad day. I mean, like I said, it's it's something we knew we were coming in to face one of the better defenses in the league. They are as advertised. There is um quite honestly, uh, you know, exactly what we talked about uh on, on Tuesday night, which is whose defense is going to be better. And quite honestly, I feel Ours like our was, defense was pretty good uh, for was pretty for the good most part. and decent. And it was better than better, better than we good. can still we can still point out some weaknesses, but nonetheless, all in all, I felt like our defense held its own. It reminded me a lot, and you guys are going to hate me for this. It reminded me a lot of the 2015 Super Bowl, um, where our our offense couldn't get anything done. The defense was holding its own. You know, mm. by all accounts, they weren't letting big plays. Kept happen. this in the game. Kept this in the game. Kept us in the game the entire time, um, and and you know I wouldn't even blame this on coaching either. You know there are some things, some some plays that I felt like could have been better, but all in all, I felt like it came down to execution on offense, and I, I feel like on almost all factors, our offense failed. Um, starting with our quarterback, transcending to our wide receiver DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson not being able to be open more because of his uh, the focus they're putting on him. And the fact that we don't have tight ends is so evident. Yeah, they're, they're non-existent. They're not part of the team. Yeah, that is that's a huge priority. I feel like if we plan on contending this year, that has to be a a, a focus we have for training uh, the possibility of a, of, a, of a tight end to the you know Panthers again. But nonetheless, um, all in all, like I said, I, I I think that we're not crumbling because we faced a, a, a damn good defense. Um, I just think our offense needs to get its wheels back, and I'm hoping next week with Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel back, we'll be able to start greasing those wheels again. We want you to be part of the discussion. There's a lot to talk about today in the postgame show, ranging from Teddy Bridgewater's performance, the offensive line performance, DJ's butterfingers in some ways, I think has to be part of what we're going to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the toughness of Shaq Thompson today, so we'll be tuning in for that. Chin the defense, and our inability to get to foals in the in the long run. So a lot to talk about tonight. And we've got Greg, the Bat Daddy, the Stat Daddy, the man of many podcasts, also to help chop it up with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, you know, pleasure as always, and it's a very fun time talking about this with y'all. Got a lot to talk about today. I think me and Cody are going to be agreeing on quite a bit, and I think that's – can't wait to see what some people in the chat room say about this game today. Uh Cody has a new nickname for Teddy Bridgewater. Interested to hear it, but I'm um, I've got a new motto for the Panthers. Maybe instead of keep pounding this year, we should just be consistently average. Oh, God. Oh, our new so motto, consistently. I feel average. like hey, at least we're consistent. Yeah, at least we're consistent. Actually, I don't think we were consistent today. In fact, I would say this is one of our more inconsistent performances of the this season. This was not. So, yeah, this was not what we... This was actually like the opposite of what we thought we were becoming in, in so many ways. The I'll, defense I'll, did play well comparison. enough to cover that up. 
I'll make a comparison, and it, the defense is the only thing that's improved from this, but this reminded me a lot of our game against Oakland. Um, we were in it. We shouldn't have been in it, but we were in it um, all the way to the end. And even beyond that, the, at the end of the first half, you know how many receptions our running back was targeted on? Zero. And that was very similar to our first half of the Oakland game as well. Um, and it's a very similar outcome. Um, I think that one interesting one stat, somebody, comparison. Somebody uh, somebody pointed out something in the chat, and I think it's super important here. And it's going to kind of lead into Cody talking about, I guess, what he wants to talk about, which is against two top tier defenses. Teddy Bridgewater's stat line is zero touchdowns, four interceptions, and that's the Bucks and the Bears. Mm. Teddy Bridgewater is holding the team back. Ooh, Teddy ooh, Bridgewater yeah. is holding the, the the team back, and I've I've said that it was going to be an issue, and it <laughs> continues to be an issue. My new name for Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> is Teddy Limp Dick, because it may be big, but it's soft, and no one likes a soft dick, bro. And Teddy Bridgewater has this thing where, one, when he does force the ball downfield, it's only late in football games when we have to have it. And number two, it's Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore making an incredible catch after uh, uh, Bridgewater puts way too much air under the ball because he can't fit the football into a tight window. Or five-yard shot. This, mm. this offense, the minute you have a, a, a rough-and-tumble Bears defense in your face preventing you from uh, hitting the check downs and hitting those easy plays, there were times when I told y'all about this. This was my concern. I he told you. Teddy Bridgewater is average. This is actually a good football team. Our defense is getting better. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is who we thought he was. And CK is 100% right. It did look like the Vegas game. Because Teddy Bridgewater is not enough to put us over the edge. Mm -hmm. If we're going to win, our playmakers are making plays. And our offensive line is doing their thing. But Teddy Bridgewater overthrew DJ Moore. I don't blame DJ for not coming down with a one-handed catch. I blame DJ for not catching that in the end zone. The one earlier, yeah. yes. And, and, and we're going to have Dude, down. Teddy, mm -hmm. and, no, DJ, we got lots of questions about DJ's hands at this point, man. I was pissed mm -hmm. off. I do yeah. want to highlight something. There is something special happening in the chat room right now. Uh, after hearing your nickname for Teddy Bridgewater, the focus turns to the phrase tight windows. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, it's like, tough, how do you cry? How do you? <laughs> nowhere tight, man. Come on. Oh, gosh. Thank Come you. On. The internet remains undefeated. Undefeated. All right. Um, let's. Yeah. Okay, well, so I think. So, Greg said something that I disagree with, which is the consistency, right? And well, the reason, where no, you said consistently average. I'm doing a play right. on your words, so I'm not really yeah, disputing you. your <laughs> I got you. position. But the the guys, the Panthers have been winning with time of possession. They've been winning by running the ball. They've been winning by not turning the ball over, by really limiting penalties. Other than we've had some problems with defensive penalties, but right off the bat, this team right in the back, right off the gate, gets backed up within you know uh, like on their first possession or second possession whatever it was then the sack ck you know what happened tell us how this game started for the panthers because i don't feel like that was the what we've been to this point and so i would no. say that arguably this started inconsistently 
Yeah, no, it started in a very, it set the tone and it's a, it's a bad tone to set. Um, granted we bounced back in the next drive and we were actually making progress down the field, but nonetheless, what happened, we got the, the bears won the toss. They deferred, which is the best thing they can do because what their thought is, I'm going to put my, our best players on the field first. Yeah. And yeah, that's what we've done for years. Yeah. And so, and now they have their defense on the field. So on the kickoff, uh, we take it out of the, uh, we take the kickoff, we try to return it, get it back to the 20. There is a, uh, a, a, I guess a chop block of some sort, uh, a double team block, whatever that would be. And we get the ball at the 10 and then Mike Davis. So right off the bat, we're behind the sticks, behind the sticks immediately, you know, right off the bat. And then they're saying, Hey, listen, Let's get this run game established early. Mike Davis has a lot approved. Let's give it to him. Minus one Nothing. yard tackle for yep. loss. And then uh, now Second they know. Second and 11 on the nine-yard line. Now the Bears know they've got to pin their ears back because it's going to be a passing play. We're not going to run it on second and 11 on the nine-yard line. It's not going to be the reality of what we're dealing with right now. And so they put, pin their hand, you know, ears back and they go after Teddy. And Teddy is uh, is not able to get the ball away uh, fast enough, and he almost takes a safety. Luckily, he gets it down within six inches of the line of scrimmage, and then the next play throws a, a bit of an ill-advised throw with somebody squatting on the route um, to Robbie Anderson. Again, staring That down. was Jalen Johnson, by the way, who is the competing defensive rookie of the year player against Jeremy Chen right now. So See, great play the- right off the bat. Yeah, great play. Um, and it had a lot to do with if you go back and watch, Teddy Bridgewater is staring down Robbie Anderson the entire time. Yeah, a lot of these interceptions, the that you, a lot of these plays that are broken up or or intercepted, a lot of times you're going to look at it and you're going to see Teddy Bridgewater staring down the person he wants, and a lot of times it's Robbie Anderson. All um, right, so one before we even get to that play, I mean the sack, the Car- Carolina, you know, Teddy Bridgewater takes this big sack right down on the one, which you know immediately he's in the end zone. So we're sitting there going, "Is this a safety?" We don't know the rules well enough to make the call right off the bat. We don't get the safety, but one of the things that's going to happen in this game is that Teddy Bridgewater is sacked multiple times throughout the game. What I want you guys, as we continue to talk about this, we won't address it at this moment, but fans calling in to the uh, cat calls, how much of that, those sacks, these four sacks, were any of these on not on the offensive line? Because I feel like there was a couple of times where Teddy – either didn't feel the pressure, thought he had longer than he did, and, you know, could have gotten out of this. I don't. I think the worst thing you can do is take a sack on the one-yard line right here to start the game is my ultimate mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, I, I, I believe watching this game, I believe the Bears' defense confused Teddy Bridgewater a lot. Like They're good, the, man. They're yeah, good. They I told good. you guys. Oh, yeah. That they're, underneath they're, shit was not going to work that. against them. But if you want to be a good team, you have to play well against good teams. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we're consistently average. And people are, you know, already (laughs) doing the, oh, well, look what Teddy did against good teams. Yeah, they're good teams. But the point being is, okay, listen, we went from, and people are going to bitch that I'm bringing them up, but I don't give a fuck because you have to because it's relevant to the conversation. They chose Teddy Bridgewater over Cam Newton. Okay, that's who they decided to run with. So uh, even at times when he does have time in the pocket, he's still dinking and dunking. I mean, our offense is Mike Davis pounding the football. 
And even on first and second down, if you notice how many times Joe Brady calls uh, running plays on first and second downs in today's NFL, he's a 31-year-old offensive coordinator. You're going to tell me that he's all of a sudden a conservative play caller now? Bullshit. They don't. I was a little. Yeah, you're right. He can't. Outside of this offense. And we're holding us back. Yeah, we got mad last year about the Panthers and how we would always throw short of the sticks, always throw short of the sticks, always throw short of the sticks. I remember us complaining about it. That's what we always do here. It's always a crossing path, uh, like a crossing route short of the sticks. It's insane. And we don't say, and nobody's saying anything about that Bridgewater. I do want to compare Bridgewater real quick for everybody who's talking about Teddy's the truth and everything. Let's compare some stats. Let's just not even say Cam Newton. Let's just go. This was not Joe Brady's best game as a play caller today, though. And I mean, obviously, if you don't win the game, it's not the best game you've ever play called in my in my mind. I was a little and really we I've highlighted this in the show last week. I highlighted it when I talked with Bears people. It's been something I've been on top of is that I'm okay with Teddy Bridgewater not being able to to push the ball downfield, right? Like, I mean, I understand it. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm okay. Like, I wish he could. But I'm not saying he's bad because he can't. Like, he does these other things. So, last week we saw this. We won with an underneath offense, an underneath offense, these soft underneath things, and it worked. And these guys are making plays afterwards. But Cody's right. You ran into a defense, and this is what I've been telling you about the Bears' defense. Their secondary is good enough to play in more man coverages and say, good luck beating us downfield. Like, good luck with that. And we're going to have these big boys come after you. And that's exactly what happened today, in my opinion. Now, and in fairness to Teddy Bridgewater, there were plenty of times where he was not aided in this process. Number one, you see Mike Davis fumbled the ball for the second time in his career. Second time in his career, I think that's the truth. That's crazy stat A, but B, Mike Davis should have just trucked that mug instead of trying to make a move on him. Uh, You had DJ Moore drop multiple balls in this game that should have been caught. And here, let's turn the conversation quickly to DJ Moore before we get into the calls. When we DJ Moore comes out in the beginning of this game, it might have been on the sec. Actually, before we go to that, interestingly, we turned the ball over right off the bat on our own nine yard line or seven yard line or whatever it is. Like we're down there. They start on first and seven on Carolina seven. They did get a touchdown out of this, but I would say even with that, that was what kind of beginning was that? First of all, uh, there was a timeout called by Chicago. Then there was a delay a game by Chicago, and then Carolina called a time timeout. What kind <laughs> of progression of yeah. events was this? It took like twelve minutes for one play to happen in in this game. They then then ended up throwing a touchdown. It was a I won't say a lucky throw. I thought the defense looked fine in it. It was a like he just put it in there. Man, it was close. We were close to being. We we had a good stand until that until that great play, guys. All of a sudden, the Panthers are down seven nothing, but not out of the game. Any comments about that series of events before we move on? The whole thing, the whole game was crazy. The best part was when we traded turnovers, like. Oh, Jeremy Chin makes a great play. Then, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, uh, uh, Mike Davis just kind of fumbled the football, and then Nick Foles goes and throws it right to Chen, and then uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater throws, throws it to Jalen Johnson uh, or something. Oh, no, Eddie Jackson. But, but but no, Kyle Fuller made the made the tackle, and then Eddie Jackson got the ball and ran it in for a touchdown. But they uh, said that it was I knew. But they I said that, that, uh, that Fuller was too early. But really, oh yeah, yeah that, we were lucky. Ball, that ball should have never been thrown. Like that was that ball should. We not got have some. Been I'm glad but we again, didn't. They if they would have got the ball there, it would have been game over. But again, those are the only range of passes that Teddy hits consistently. So of course they're going to do that. And by the way, that's why Eddie Jackson was waiting for something like that to happen. It, it, it's man, look, I, I'm gonna stay on this uh, until. Uh, Whoever doesn't believe it starts to believe it. Teddy Bridgewater is holding back what is otherwise a really talented offense with a good offensive line. I mean, our, the Bears' defense beat the hell out of Teddy Bridgewater today, but our offensive line didn't look terrible either. Like, it, it was it, it was a combination of a lot of different things, but Teddy Bridgewater doesn't deliver and threw an interception on the game-winning drive. I don't know what more people need to see. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so let's shift. We're going to get to the calls. The number, excuse me, the number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Thanks, thanks for your participation in the chat room. Smash the thumbs up button. Uh, we're going to get to the calls in just a moment. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, first-round draft pick, uh, now in his third season, I believe. Right, third or fourth, yeah, third or fourth at this point. Today he had several important drops. Uh, last week I said it was nice to see DJ starting to play with some confidence, and I thought we were about to have that in this game in the first catch he had where he goes like 12 yards and muscles like four dudes, stiff-armed someone like Steve Smith. But then later, big part of the game plan, dropping passes, Cody – See, uh, DJ Moore, our pick of the litter in that in that draft over Calvin Ridley, third year. It's time for why is he not catching the ball as consistently as he should be? My my stock is so down on DJ Moore, man. Listen, Teddy Bridgewater for all the shit that I did gave him. Uh, he threw a touchdown pass to the back of the end zone mm-hmm. where only DJ a tough throw. A it looked like a prayer, too, and it turned out to be like a legit ass throw. Yeah, I think, and- I think you got to look at the other look from his point of view on that, too, though. Like, I'm not going to defend DJ Moore. You got to come down with that because you play football. There's going to be boys in your face all day. But you guys saw Will Fuller running full speed right at him, and you oh, know his man. eyes are looking down at him. Like, and, and he takes a shot. He was so high in the air, too. DJ was, like, dunking on those mugs, though. Yeah. But that's what separates the men from the boys. You go up and get it. You know you're going to take a shot. That's It's in the end zone. It's it's about points. And, by the way, can I mention something that drives me up the wall, and I don't know why I haven't mentioned it, or maybe I have. After every single reception, be it positive, negative, whatever, DJ Moore looks hurt. After every single play, <laughs> like he's so slow to get up, and he's like rising and that's how Cam looked after every play too. Though no, but, he did not. But yes, yes, Cam no. always looked hurt, and that's also how AJ Green looks every time. He looks Dude, like he's just been in a But here's 
Here's yeah. the thing that I like about that is he looks like he's hurt, but he never takes a playoff. He's back in the lineup right after every time. I know like, because I like you- the best player in the NFL history as receiver was inactive today in Curtis Samuel. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. And you felt yeah, it. Tough. Yeah. Did, did you guys hear the announcers that was a three, at three you, different Cody. times? Three different times called three different receivers his favorite receiver. At the beginning of the game, it was Curtis Samuel's missing and DJ Moore's second. Then DJ Moore's his favorite receiver. Then Robbie Anderson's his favorite receiver. Same guy. I don't think they just, I don't think they know. I don't think they put a lot yeah, of That's Jonathan Vilma. He's new. I like him, even though yeah. I didn't like him as a player for the Saints. I think he's like trying to be, he's like, he's coming on pretty smooth right now. He did call him, uh, not Jeremy Jimmy. Chin. He called Jimmy, Jimmy. Chin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know how hard it is. For Jim, Jimmy Chin, other than Jimmy, guys. Yes, yes. Uh, so you know how hard it is to call those games anyway, or yeah. at least in my opinion, it is. Um, um, so just real quick, just continue CK. What'd you see from DJ? You said he, he's out there every play though. He yeah. is. He, and you know what is they don't really do him any favors. They yeah. are a lot of times have, they put <laughs> poor damn DJ is taking the big wallops. It's, oh, he's across, taking hits. Oh, yeah. All the but, time. I mean, at the same time, Sorry. look at, Look at the, uh, the web, fact. Uh, real quick, tell me our webcams aren't working uh, on on our side. You, you're fine, but like, okay. no, no, it's not. Uh, they probably anymore. are like watching me like flip around trying to get the cat calls working. Uh, but yeah, good. <laughs> Sorry, but no, no. So in, in the same breath, I mean, you've got to look at what DJ Moore did, and he made an incredible catch over top of some incredible players, right uh, down the down the field. Uh, 39-yard bomb or whatever it was. Now, granted, the only reason that's an incredible catch is because he wasn't able to be hit in stride. He had to come back to the ball through mm-hmm. the defender. Uh, but he did that. At the very first uh, first time he got the ball at the beginning of the, the game in the second series after the interception, um, he got the ball. He did this nice little smitty, you know, stiff arm. And you saw that, uh, Tony, because I know you posted about that one. Um, you know, he's he's not a bad receiver, guys. I just think that, Unfortunately, the problem is, is he had the drops in the in the moment, right? And even I'm like everybody wanted to talk about that fourth and two. Like he what is a happened? number one wide receiver, right? He wants to be a number one wide receiver. He got the ball in his hand. He had it in his possession. He landed awkwardly and he dropped it, right? But a hundred percent is not on him. Ninety percent is on Teddy Bridgewater for throwing a very difficult catch to uh, throw a uh, ball to catch. Either way, when he's wide open in an offense that uh, against the defense, he hasn't been able to be wide open in all day. And he's finally wide open, and now he has to make this acrobatic catch. Come on, guys. I mean, you've got to give DJ Moore a break in that regard. His stock may be going down because he did drop some balls, but he still had the – I think he had the most yards on the team today. Yeah, uh, last week he was only like 15 yards shy of having the most yards, I believe. I mean, he's putting up yards. I like DJ. Uh, you know? I just wonder if he was slightly in overdraft. You know, I just because of his time. size. Is this, that was my, he, that was my first know. time I was ever on, on the C3 Panthers podcast ever. It was it was right before DJ Moore was drafted. And if you go back and watch that video, it's by the way, I'm not saying that he wasn't a good pick like I thought at right, the time. Right, right, yeah, exactly. When we drafted DJ Moore, I was like, oh, really? Come on. I didn't see a, a true game changer in him. And by the way, three years in, I don't think he's proven to be a real game-changing receiver. Now, I think he's a great number two. I, I think agree. he is a great number yeah. two. 
I think he is like what Muhammad Sanu is, which is somebody who's, oh, who's well, not going to He's gonna not edit. a great number two anymore. He was a great number no, two no. Like 12 years ago. What I mean is like when Muhammad. he was... When, when he was, I've been uh, defending Muhammad Sanu re- recently, yeah. and I got egg on my face. I'm tired of hearing his name. <laughs> All right, but let's no, yeah, go to I mean, the yeah. Let's two, go to the cat right. calls. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Smash the thumbs up button. Tell us what you think about this game. Teddy Bridgewater's performance, the defense, Jeremy Chin. We want to know what we've got, what we're missing. Let's see what you so guys got to say. Yeah, it's pretty. You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like... Yo, this is DJ and Raleigh. This, <sighs> this is what I'm talking about. I'll give Teddy credit. He looked good the past three weeks, but he kind of got exposed nope. today by good the last when he weeks. went up against a, a really good defense. He was ineffective, and it just it, they got they brought him back down to earth. Mm-hmm. The defense made some mistakes, but all I'm I'm not as mad as him. I I really feel like it was. Teddy that really cost us his game with those two two picks. Well, three and three is not so bad. So it is when you look at the schedule. Hopefully, next week we can bounce back and see what we can do against New Orleans. So as as always, keep coming. Uh, one of the questions I have to you guys, and not uh, he said the defense was uh, not, you know, you don't really put it, I guess, put it on the defense at this point, or I thought the defense was pleasantly good. Now, they're going against a very, very bad Chicago Bears offense, and despite them having, name, like, Nick Foles is a little streaky at times, despite having Allen Robinson, they don't have a run game. We were able to really limit that, it seemed like. But the one problem I had with our defense today is that we seem to be getting pressure and never got home, home. Ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's every plan. time I was standing up cheering, going, this is going to be, this is a sack, and all of a sudden it's a seven-yard completion. Mm-hmm. So here's here's my question though. Like when you look at that, the problem is is that the other teams are watching the tape, right? They see Gross Matos making uh a ridiculous pressure rate, just like Brian Burns makes at 13% pressure rate, right? Those are insane numbers to have. What they've game planned for is to get the ball out early. They didn't take deep shots against the secondary that seems to be uh was what was considered a weakness. They were getting home if if Foles was holding to the onto the ball longer. The problem has been stemming not from our pass rush and not from our secondary. It's from our linebacking core. When you look at the linebackers and a lot of these passes that are thrown, they're either uh, in the right over the middle and in tight ends and everything. And you see Shaq Thompson's being slow. I feel like Shaq's lost a step, guys. He is so slow right now. It feels like to me. Um, slow, slow, slow. And then slow, you have man. Whitehead missing tackles. I mean, like they are attacking our weakness, and that is our linebacking core without question. Do y'all miss Luke Kinkley as much as I do? 
Because, man, I miss AJ Klein, bro. Like, think about that. I miss, I think I would rather have AJ Klein in this lineup right now. I mean, I would too, but man, like the drop off is real. And not only, not only are Shaq Thompson and Tareer Whitehead playing like boneheads, like what CK said, uh, Shaq Thompson's just slow. Like, he's slow Mm -hmm. to make a play on the football, he's not a consistent, uh, uh, tackler, he doesn't wrap up, but he's more consistent of a tackler than Tareer Whitehead. That's for damn sure. Dude, Tareer Whitehead, he will miss, he'll take bad angles, he'll miss tackles, he'll let a guy bulldoze him over. Like, not only are we missing the greatest linebacker, maybe one of maybe to ever play the game, but we have not even a serviceable number two behind him, and we paid Shaq Thompson all that money. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, I don't really want to shit too much. Um, on our defense today, because as much as I do think there were players that dropped the ball, like, dude, the, the our defense did everything really that you could have asked for them today. Yes, they yes. It, I mean, they, they, they didn't they, get the sacks. That's the one thing they did not get home. Mm-hmm. But, but other than that, the secondary that. made some great plays. Jeremy Chin, I'm I'm a believer, and I will say this is that if Jeremy Chen continues on this progression, you're not going to like to hear this, Cody. But that means that our Marty Herney made one of the best hit picks hits in the history of football to get like a small school dude who is just all of a sudden like. He looks like he should have been doing this for Alabama, bro. I had him rated as a first-round pick. I'll say a good pick. My my song remains the same. Marty Herney is not doing anything that that, that someone It's a really good – he's playing insane. Jeremy Chen's incredible. He's playing playing very good. That's what I say. He's playing very good. Next to Brian Burns, he's my favorite player on the team. Yeah, Brian Burns right now is easily my favorite player. Was Burns active today? He was, yeah, okay. And he was getting, okay. he was getting to the quarterback. It's like mm-hmm. I said, they just game plan. They knew how quick these guys are off the edge, and they were game planning around that. They were getting the Foles ball. Out. Got a little lucky yeah, he, at times. He really held it to the last second and got away with it. Um, I, I think that the defense was, like I said, I was actually up okay with anything. Now, oh, I got one thing. The I've been probably the hardest on Shaq out of anybody for a long time now because I wanted him to be so good. Today was actually my favorite game by Shaq. I, I didn't see. I, saw I know. It, down, it's, yeah, it's only one thing that happened. Him and Jimmy Graham got into it, and Shaq oh, did yeah. not back down like a punk. If he would have backed down like, like a bitch. No, if he would have backed down, I would have never worn Shaq's jersey after today. Ever. Like, I was like, do not. And he did. He was like, thank you, Shaq, for <laughs> not being a pussy when it came to Jimmy Graham. Okay, sorry. I mean, he's a hoe. That's like y'all. It meant a lot to me. It obviously did not mean as much to you guys. No, I think this. How about this, man, dude? Uh, dude, Jimmy Graham's a hoe. Like he was always getting into. (laughs) He's from Goldsboro, North Carolina. I think it don't matter, man. He was always getting into fights with Thomas Davis. Like, dude, he, man, dude, I'm telling you, on the field, like he, he's extra talented. But he's one of those guys that you just know he's annoying as fuck. He's whole, yeah, he's old now at this point. He's a hoe. All right, let's go to the next call. Well, 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 C3 fam, you already know. It's your boy, Josh from Mass. 
How about Teddy, the pile of steaming dog shit Bridgewater today? <laughs> what about him? What you got to say? Who's going to come on this bullshit ass and try to defend this steaming pile of shit motherfucker? Who? 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 Come on. That. Ain't nobody got no excuse. This man is trash. He was exposed for what he really is today. And man, you know, I was almost fooled into having optimism. I was almost fooled into having optimism. But no, mm -hmm. the truth was revealed. Under pressure, the man crumbles. Crumbles like a saltine cracker in the backseat of a car that a child has sat on. All done. All over. It's time. Get over it. We're going to play the dumb game and maybe win eight games this year and just bone ourselves out of a great draft pick? Nah. Bench Teddy. <laughs> Put Will Greer out there. <laughs> he's, and he's let it ride. Period. <laughs> let on. it ride. He's silly. Go for a great draft Will pick. Will Greer was inactive today. today. Teddy looked bad. And you go, oh, well, DJ Moore dropped that one pass or this, this other pass. Yeah, if Teddy was better in this game, then that one pass don't matter, bro. Come on. Come on. I just thought Ted. I don't think Teddy was bad as much as inconsistent in this game. He always was a fraud. He's always gonna be a fraud. That's the way it is. All right. Now I get it. Some of y'all got hype and thought, "Oh man, Teddy's gonna do this. He's got a great pass percentage." It's funny when Cam Newton was throwing tons of short passes and getting all these easy completions. Y'all complained about it and said, well, yeah, but they're, they're short passes. They're just short, <laughs> short that. It's easy game. Well, yeah. no, but it's Teddy. Y'all are, y'all are ready to bow down and blow this man. Come on, man. Be, be unbiased. Mm -hmm. Be football fans before your pants. Everybody fans. is be infatuated with Teddy. With what's dick, going man. on out there. And there's too many of you who are just willing to give Teddy a fucking pass because y'all just. Oh, well, it's a different quarterback, so it's going to be better because y'all are just cam haters. Y'all didn't like the man. That's fine. You don't have to like the quarterback. But you do have to be realistic. You do have to face the facts. You do have to look at the reality, and you do have to fucking look at what the tape tells you. And Teddy's numbers have not told the same story as his goddamn tape. Motherfuckers who know what the fuck the game is <laughs> know what the fuck I'm talking about. Josh from Mass, out. Who spit that toss? Give me applause. Spit that toss. And it's making me so mad that Panther fans continue to do this. Oh, you're a bad fan because you don't support Teddy Bridgewater. No, I'm a good fan because I don't want Teddy Bridgewater to continue to be the quarterback that brings this team down, dude. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we get another quarterback in the draft. Are you kidding me, bro? Come on. Like, this notion that if you don't just blindly cheer for the team and everything that they give you, that you're a bad fan, dude, that, that's that's nonsense. That's utter nonsense. We've been honest with y'all from jump about who we thought Teddy Bridgewater is and every single game, even the ones where we win, he does nothing but confirm that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a tough spot to be in, man, because it's hard to pull for this team. All right. Can I, I, really make a, I, I, I know the fan base is kind of divided over, like, the embrace Teddy or hold on to Cam mentality, right? 
Uh, but I mean, that's kind of the, the, the thing that is where it seems like we are pushed apart. But for me, there is one similarity between kind of the two. This might be a stretch. It is, it's kind of more of a similarity between Teddy Bridgewater and the Mike Shula game plan. So one of the things was is that when Cam Newton would trot out there and have a say like a 20 for 35 passing game or something like that, or even less than that, it'd be like 17 for 27. And when you look at the percentage is that the, these, it was like, man, this guy, if we had a higher, if he was completing more passes, this would have worked. My point being is this is in Mike Shula's offense, there was like, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for, incompletions like it kind of was predicated on it working and so when it didn't work it was like when cam wasn't just completely on the game plan almost made it even worse like because you're putting them in high percentage positions this and that teddy is the guy that you kind of want if you're mike shula in that point because he's gonna make he's gonna have that high percentage but the funny thing or the ironic thing about it is that Teddy, when he is not, when he turns the ball over at all, he immediately becomes the antithesis of kind of what you want need him to be. If you can't push the ball down the field, like what do we need you to do? Have a high completion rate, not turn the ball over, right? Move the drop, long, extend drives, and get in the end zone occasionally. What happened today? Turnovers, poor completion rate, didn't get in the end zone. So, I mean, it's just kind of when you don't have – it's almost like Teddy's ceiling is so low, like, but he just touches it so often that it's not a problem. Yeah, it's dink and dunk. Stats if lie. He, if he played on an 80-yard field, he'd be an MVP candidate. Oh, oh yeah. Right. I don't yeah. want to dump on him too much. CK, what would you have to say about it? I was going to say about the idea of uh, us I, – I think – and I, I, maybe I'm wrong in this. I mean, we're going to constantly look at Kim and, and and think, you know, man, he was our quarterback and everything. I think we can all agree we've gotten over that, right? We're past yeah, the Cam Newton. I am. The team. I feel like I'm at that point. I think. I think I am too. I'm not looking. I'm not watching the Patriots, thinking, "Oh man, I really wish we had Cam again." Right? I mean, I know some people probably are, but I'm not. I'm not doing that. And it's not because he didn't have a good game today, but it's just because, like, it's exhausting to live that way. Right. Oh, I um, am, and maybe that's why I'm so depressed because I I'm doing it now more than ever. CK, CK, oh, I, miss, I was getting. I'm miss, with CK. I'm starting I to be fatigued. Cam I miss Cam Newton more than I ever have, and I don't care who knows it, and I don't care who gets their feelings hurt yeah. about it. I miss I Cam more and more that. all the time. But, but what yeah. I would say is what I was gonna. The, the point I wanted to make was I don't think the I think the majority of the fan base is moved on right mm -hmm. but the people that are still like criticizing teddy bridgewater they're being used their their love of cam newton is being used against them right now i'm criticizing bridgewater without any comparison to any other quarterback mm -hmm. right. right and and so to to put it into perspective i just think teddy bridgewater hasn't played if you look at the numbers guys he has only played well in two of his six games this year mm -hmm. right think about that he he lost to Oakland was not good. Lost to the Bucks was not good. The the win against the Cardinals, guess what? He didn't play good. He didn't. Go back and look at the numbers. He was not the reason we won that. But nope. the he he was a good 
he played well against the the Chargers, and he played well uh, last week when we played the the Fa- Falcons. And then guess what? Now we face another top tier k- team, and he didn't play well. So maybe you start to look at the numbers over the past six weeks and say, hmm, maybe Teddy Bridgewater doesn't play well. Maybe he just plays. You know, somebody said he's fine, in the and that's like how I can, I exactly feel the same way. It's just fine. It's not it's bad. Fun. It's not no. It's like they said he's not good. He's not great. Mm-hmm. He's not bad. He's just fine. And that yeah, I, I, but I think that, that I'm with that. Is that like that's the point? Is sometimes you, you know what? What if you were a team and you didn't have that fine at least right now? Possible. If it if it doesn't no no no. We I did not have fine that. last year. Stop. I did, I did, no no more no, no, of that. Let me disagree with that though. Fine. Is not fine if it doesn't equal playoff victories and Super Bowls. So no, it's not fine. It's not fine. His like if if he's not going to put us over the edge to win us the football games that we need, then he isn't the guy. It doesn't matter if he's Let's average not, or not. All right, look. to just to prevent people from being like just upset about this only being an anti-Bridgewater moment, right? Is that at the same time today as we ran up against our first very good defense of the season mm-hmm. right our well maybe our second tampa's is very i would say very good but they have not i arguably chicago is better than tampa's by a long shot when it comes to just points allowed but i'm just saying this is that our offense did slow down today when it ran into a juggernaut defense and that was a problem for us and we saw it so it's not even just all on teddy look as the offense today did not win and by the way, so can I just say something real quick? Like that Bears team that you saw today, that's the best case scenario for what this Panthers team can be under Teddy Bridgewater. Like I like that Bears team. No. I think they're good. No, this is what I mean. I like that Bears team. They're good. But does anyone think that the Bears are going to go and win the NFC Championship game, dinking and dunking with their offense? No. Does anyone no. think? Does anyone? Okay, that's my point. They have a really good defense. But they're missing the key ingredient, and so are we. Mm-hmm. And back to my fine comment, Tony, I just wanted real quick. Teddy Bridgewater has 150 more yards, three less touchdowns, five more interceptions, and three more lo- or four more losses than Kyle Allen did in his first six games of the Panthers last year. I love Kyle Allen had a worse team. Kyle Allen had a worse line and worse receivers than Teddy Bridgewater does right now. So let's just when I say fine, I'm just saying he's exactly what I said he was. He is <laughs> – Eddie, he is Kyle uh, Allen. Uh, I like, love him. He's Kyle Allen. This he's makes me question we, if like, my wife is fine. Girl. I thought my wife we was know. Fine. <laughs> We know. Hey, let's, let's keep in mind, guys. Let's let's reel it back a little bit. Last year, he still had Greg Olson. Last year, he still had Christian McCaffrey. For we all of those, hold on, hold on. a weapon last year, really. But hey, no, listen, he was better. Like, let's be honest, he's a bigger of a weapon than Ian Thomas and Chris Maynard's are right now. Mm, fair point. And so, but what I'm trying to, the point I want to make is like we have faced some, some, yeah, we <laughs> have faced some really good defenses, right? I'm still of the mindset that, hey, listen, here's the reality. If if Kyle Allen faced this team today, it would have been the 49ers game last year. Maybe. Right. Kyle right. Allen did have 280 yards, two touchdowns, and a 73% completion rate today. Okay. So, <laughs> All right, can we go to the next call? I got to take a whiz. You gotta, gotta, you guys got to cover it. I got you, bro. Hey, guys, I'm Jason calling from Colorado. Lots of breakdown in this game, so probably going to use up two voicemails again. Big shocker. 
Uh, I, I just wanted to start by saying how much I love all the different varieties of, of people's ants having nuts and being uncles. And uh, it, every time <laughs> I get seen, it seems like every week we hear a new one, and it's still the best. <laughs> um, but, you know, going into this week, I, I was pretty optimistic. I really thought that we were going to be able to exploit the Bears linebacker core a little bit more than we would have otherwise. Yeah, or that we did, I should say. Um, I do think that this is the first game where we really felt Christian McCaffrey's absence. I do think that he would be able to like exploit their weakness in the middle um, better than, than Mike Davis was yeah. able to. Uh, he was very successful yes. on the That's ground, cool. mind you. Um, and, and, I mean, the who is that new guy that, that I saw in there today? Um, who really uh, – Cannon, I think, was his name, that made a, made a name for himself yeah. on special teams. He really trucked Ted Ginn. That was fun to watch. Um, you know, I, I thought our defense might might hit home a little bit more. I thought that um, Ypres Gross Models was getting pressure on every uh, 5.9 snaps, which was better in going into the week. That was better than Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Shaq Barrett, and TJ Watt. I, you know, I, I'm not saying that's the only thing that makes a good pass rusher, but I'm, it puts him in good company. Uh, I think I'll just leave it at that. Mike Davis was leading the league in broken tackles. Um, again, you're not going to be able to count on that against a high-caliber defense like the Bears. Um, but it was nice to see. Also, he was Mike Davis being second in catching yards and uh, or second in catches and receiving yards. It shows that he's not, you know, while he may not be Christian McCaffrey, he's certainly not far off. Um, Teddy Bridgewater today, you know, left us wanting. And uh, he tried his best to do his his best Cam Newton impression. You know, he ran the ball more than he ever has, but he just wasn't able to shake defenders. He wasn't able to break tackles. He didn't have the same finesse that we saw with Cam Newton. It, that just speaks to Cam's athleticism and such. But, um, you know, Teddy, with especially with his walk-off interception at the end, that was a pretty disappointing way to, to uh, end the game. You know, I'm speaking of disappointment to hear Whitehead continue to be a liability in coverage. I did see that we finally did bench him and we put in, I don't even remember that guy's name, but that, so it's not a complete loss. You know, we got, if we get rid of Whitehead and get somebody else on the field, I think that's a net win. Um, especially if the, you know, if the rest of the division doesn't seem to be doing too well, but, um, Derek Brown has been doing awesome. Uh, while he has all right, let's see. Maybe this was part two. That's been Derek Brown's been doing awesome, and uh, he was lead, he, well, he hasn't been getting the sacks, but he has been getting tackles for losses, and he's right up there in the top of the league for for causing tackles for losses. Had a couple more today, um, and I think that KK's injury further validates the wisdom in drafting Brown um, rather than Isaiah Simmons in the first round, um, and. Yeah, I think it's, like I mentioned it last week that the announcers don't know anything about Carolina, and I saw nothing to correct that this week. I kept hearing Jimmy Chin, Jimmy Chin, and maybe that's a nickname or something, but I've never heard it. I think they were just screwing it up. In the same sentence, that freaking Vilma, I think that's the guy's name, which, which he, I don't know how he still has a job. Him and Greg Williams both after their role in the Bounty Gate scandal, but that's beside the point. You know, they would say in the same breath, 
Jeremy Chin did this, and then they'd call him Jimmy Chin right afterwards. And they said that Derek Brown was a seventh-round pick and showing the camera views of the Jerry Richardson statue out front that's not there anymore. It's just, yeah, they got an F. It tells you that they're just recycling. They got stuff. an F. No one really knows what's going yeah. on down in Carolina, which is a good thing for us. I think that uh, it, it helps us to have a bit of a, an X factor going into some games. It was missing this time, but I, I do think Christian McCaffrey would have been the difference maker here. Um, and I, you know, I'm ready to give Jeremy Chin the, you know, defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, to NFL MVP for all I'm concerned. That guy's playing his heart out. And uh, while he's not always in the perfect position, he never gives up on plays. And getting that that key turnover right there after we fumbled, and getting the interception right after. I mean, he didn't let the bad circumstances get into his head. And as a rookie, I think that's super promising. I think this guy's going to be a franchise player. And uh, I don't think that's going to surprise anybody, but um, good on for Chin, uh, you know, and to be able to pick him up in later rounds and still be able to reinforce the line, which is, I would argue, a more important position earlier in the draft. I think it really shows the wisdom of the of the coaching staff. And I noticed a lot in this game that the officiating was just straight-up trash. I mean, it wasn't just the calls and the spots, which is the way that most people see it. They were blown calls both ways. The pass interference on Shepard when he dropped the ball, I don't think should have been pass interference. I thought that was a a good hit by the Bears' defensive uh, uh, cornerback. But they weren't even, like, whistling dead ball fouls dead, which is, like, an active role that they're supposed to play. And so there were players absorbing unnecessary hits because the refs weren't blowing their fucking whistles. And that that really upset me, in in addition to the multitude of poor calls and bad spots, which don't let me undervalue the the significance of all right, so we'll just uh, talk on those for a moment until I go to the next call, guys. Is that a lot to unpack there, but mostly yep. that the uh, officiating was uh, interesting today, to say the least, and um, the color commentary was less than interesting. Yeah, less than interesting. And I just put this in the chat room, too. No one's ever going to really know or care about Carolina until we give them a reason to. And that's one of the reasons why I say that Cam Newton is a goat panther because it gave everyone a reason to know and care about who the Carolina Panthers are and what they're doing. Um, Right now, uh, we don't have that. And I wanted to touch on something that you said earlier. You said that this is one of the first games where we felt the absence of Christian McCaffrey. Loved that. Yeah, and that was a really good one. And I wanted to touch on that too. And I think what he means – uh, it's not necessarily running the football, but everything that Christian does for us right. uh, with the passing attack, the ability to be able to work the middle of the field. How about this, though? I do think, you know, again, I don't change any of my opinions on Bridgewater, but I do think that today's performance was hampered by the loss of Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, especially when you see how this offense is ran and it is a lot of shorter pass and dink and dunk plays. I mean, Christian and Curtis excel in those types of yards after catch scenarios. Well, especially when you saw Mike nope. Davis come off a little gimpy, looked like he was struggling today. 
you know, like he had not only I think, struggling to get going, but also yeah. potentially hampered by, I don't know, some sort of calf or ankle, you know, whatever it was. Well, and that happened early in the game, and I think you could right. feel that throughout the entire game. He wasn't trucking through guys. Um, I mean, he was making efforts, but yeah, you're 100% right. I think his injury was uh, very visible today. And that would have been a time where having a Curtis Samuel in the hole or obviously having the star in Christian McCaffrey would have been remarkably helpful. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah, I mean, is that, that that's the thing, is that when you are missing, great players make your team better. And Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. would make our team better. And good players like Curtis Samuel would at least help. Uh, I did want to ask you guys about this. The fourth down where we ki- opted to kick it. And Joey Sly misses the 54. I was not happy with that. I thought that was a time we should be going for it on fourth down. And I tweeted it before we actually decided to kick. So it wasn't like a, oh, I'm sad because we missed the kick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that I really felt like we were on close to their side of the field. It's a two-yard play. You were already, I think. There was one time where we, I mean, if you are going to go for it, on, not go for it, but if it's third and 10 and you're trying and you throw it eight yards, well, you got 10 yards, eight yards on the last play. Why, you don't have enough confidence you can get two. Like, I would open the whole fucking playbook up and say, let's do it. Like, we need it at this point. I, so I was a little upset with that play. I won't say that. Yeah, that play call. Like, I just thought that this was a time that the fourth down analytics crew would have won. Well, I think, I- uh, I think that it's it's worth mentioning too. We're still seeing way too many, especially in a down to uh to you know possession game, too many screen passes against this defense, which is known to not let those happen, and not a single one worked. Not a single one worked. They were waiting for one of them to break free. Not a single one worked. I, you go back and look at one of those screen passes and tell me which one worked. Nope. Their defense gave our offense problems. The fact that Robbie Anderson was such a small part of this game plan shows you how good in my mind is how good that secondary was. And I didn't feel like they were like having to double team them necessarily. So can I make two predictions? Uh, Joe Brady isn't going anywhere because, and this is why I made that prediction. Why would he go anywhere? He's way too early. This is not the, the, the offense that I think even Joe Brady wants to put on the field. And I think all those things that you guys just said, like the screen passes that continuously don't work, not going forward on fourth down, that's an, that's an, that is an indictment of who these, uh, of maybe what Joe Brady and other people of the coaching staff think of Teddy Bridgewater in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Like it, we continue to come back to the same thing. I watched so much LSU film recruiting all those LSU players that came out last year. And this is, listen, I'm not saying that our play calling has been like terrible or or putrid or whatever, but it's certainly not the dynamic high scoring, high touchdown passing offense that, that we're. Well, isn't that a sign of a smart coordinator though, is that, I mean, he knows what he's got. That's the thing is yeah. that that we always talk about, correct. or at least that's what we continued to say when this coaching staff came in, is that the one thing we were excited about all of them, particularly Matt Rule and Joe Brady, was is that they coached to the players that they have rather than 
only getting players that they like believing they have a scheme that is smarter than the NF like than anybody. And that might work temporarily, but what you have to do is ultimately you don't get the best players every year. You don't get people get injured. Like you, it's not a perfect on paper thing. So you have to work with what you got. And I think that you're seeing this is that obviously Joe Brady's offense is tuned to working with what he has. And I actually was, I mean, I, I don't, I loathe people who pine over every play call, right? Like Mm -hmm. it just gets, you know, because I don't really know and this and, but I did say before the game started today, I was like against this defense, I would love play action on first down. And to say, you know, to soften them up and we ran it on first down and it didn't work. And I felt like, oh, I mean, I won't say that set the tone, but I was sitting there going, geez. But you got to wonder, is he playing to what he has rather than or is this his offense? Go ahead, Greg. I said, I just want to you were talking about the fourth down situations earlier, and there was one in particular in my mind that I wanted to ask you all about. It was the the fourth down on the on almost the goal line where Teddy did the hard count and he drew him off line or off sides and we got the or got the encroachment call, excuse me, and yeah. we got the first down and then we still didn't score a touchdown. We kicked the field goal. One, I don't know why if you went through that much trouble, you would kick the field goal after you already yeah, got that first down. And two, I don't understand that penalty because the defensive players are allowed to move pre-snap. Even if they cross the line, if they touch somebody that's encroachment, if you cross the line and the ball's not snapped, as long as you get back, it's not there a penalty. There is some but sort of rule happened. where they believe – there is some sort of caveat in the rule that is if it causes the offensive player to jump. But but he didn't. I watched the replay. The offensive player didn't move. Like the, the defensive like Gaiman jumped and then got back before the ball was snapped, didn't touch anybody. And did the you hear no, the commentator? No, he, did and they get, he did jump on that one. I remember. Yeah, because it, it was, was on the, okay. the right side is, is the guy who did the encroachment. Uh-huh. And the left side you saw our, our right tackle, I guess, Moten, jump. Okay, um, well, then maybe that's why I missed Vilma, it. I was looking for the guy in front of him. But did Vilma say too that they never thought they were going to go for it? But the, the, like they were I trying they were to. Go for it. Like the whole point was. To, how come we that's what that we he said. How, how come we say that? He was we like the whole point go. was to get an offsides. Like right, we're not really I, going I, for it. That's what he said true? on the broadcast. I don't know I mean, if it's true. I, I, I guess in the reverse of that, you would say they would get the penalty. It'd still be fourth down. You'd have a five-yard longer field goal. So, I mean, I guess you I can, you can make that argument, but I think they were going for or it. Or they would have called time. I don't, I don't know. know. They should have been going I, think, I don't think they were going I don't think they were going I think they should it. have. I'm with Greg. They should have been, but they I don't do. know if they were. I, I do agree with the call. I think they were just trying. Which, by the way, that's that's good coaching, too. Because ultimately it worked. It got us a first down. Yeah. It was that, yeah, if yeah. you think they're going to jump, yeah, you should go do that. So, but at the end of the day, I don't know if it, if they didn't. I, I don't know if we're, uh, I think we're probably kicking the field goal. Listen, we have to be, and we haven't even mentioned this. Are we not one of, if not the worst, maybe not the worst because there's some bad teams, but are we not one of the worst red zone offenses in all the NFL? I think we, we might be. After we were 27th going into today. I'm willing to bet you we're probably the worst. After Dude, today. we are, listen for a team that's three and three, right? Mm-hmm. We're sitting at 500. We have cool one goal. of the, we have one of the worst red zone offenses in the NFL, 
and cannot put the ball in the end zone to save. And by the way, we've had one of the worst red zone uh, offenses, I feel like, for five years. (laughs) Not this bad, but that's why I said if you're with 80 fields, you have an MVP quarterback. At least while while Cam had been going through his – from 2018 to 2019, sure. But, dude, Cam Newton, even – what fourth and one, fourth and two, man? I'm still going with no, no, no. I mean, I got that. What I'm saying is, is we've never just been a high efficiency red zone team. No, I would, I would even go back to our best year. It felt like it was either we now. I mean, I know when you're on the one yard line, that's considered the red zone. But like, I feel like we were scoring a lot of touchdowns from 20 yards out in that season. Anyway, my point is, I'm just saying is that this is not new. A, B, we've seen what happens. And this is the rule of the NFL is that if you can't get in the end zone and your defense don't hold the other team to 15, you ain't going to win. You're going to lose. You just can't win with field goals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every now and then it happens, but unless your defense is. I mean, bears are better, right? It's not going to work. Numbers 252-228-5098. I have my first time using three voicemails, but here goes. I'm almost done. Um, the dead ball fouls were just un- unacceptable. The refing was trash. Um, but I had a couple, uh, you know, I-, I wanted to ask if-, if y'all thought that the personal foul should be challengeable. I don't know if that's something y'all talked about before, but it seems like if you're going to let things like pass interference be challengeable, well, I, it, I feel like there's a more clear definition of what constitutes a personal foul, and the significance of that can really swing a game one way or the other, a missed call or a no call. And I personally feel like that should be challengeable. People will say that it should, it'll make the games run on longer and things like that, but I don't think you should increase the number of challenges available, but there's context where I think that if somebody's Doing, you know, grabbing a face mask where they shouldn't be or, or throwing a punch after a play that doesn't get caught by a ref, that those things should be challengeable by the coaches who do see it. But, um, uh, I'm going to give my award for, you know, the player of the game. I, you know, Farrell Cooper was my favorite signing of the offseason. I know that, 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 uh, Anderson has made a more significant impact. But my personal favorite and the one that gives me the most peace of mind is Farrell Cooper, seeing him back there fielding punts or not fielding punts as he sees fit. Um, it's really taken a load off my mind during during the the off or during special teams plays. I still pick um, people who are saying that that you're not a real Panthers fan if you're still cheering for Cam or for Ron Rivera. I think that's nonsense. I, I still cheer for Sean McDermott. I cheered for Smitty when he left. I cheered for Pep. And I'm going to keep cheering for Cam. These guys have given tons to the organization. And, and it was Greg Olson, you know, I want him to be tremendously successful. And even if it's not with Carolina, because those guys have given us everything. And I think that it's selfish of us as, as fans to suggest that once you leave, you're dead to us. But um, anyway, I think that's all that I got for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for giving me a place to share all my thoughts. I love what you guys are doing with the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for calling, man. I, we appreciate the support. And I have wondered a lot about how to make uh, officiating, I want not say officiating better, but the challenge process better, right? More efficient, more effective. One of the things that I've had a problem with is I kind of hate when you slow-mo everything. 
Yeah. And it's like so slow and, and we have such great cameras and they're like, there's one blade of grass touching his foot and he's out of bounds. Like I kind of like an sort of eyeball. Like I feel like the it's ridiculous. It's so hard to know what a catch is. Like, I mean, I, that dude caught the ball. I saw it. And then you look at it and there's like, did it move a quarter of an inch? But what I think we should do. So somebody brought up in the chat room is that uh, they got rid of the challenging for PI. Like you could challenge that yeah. because it was a debacle. Like not only did nobody know how to use it, the refs never changed it. It was terrible. Like I think the way to solve this is that the NFL should want their product to be the fairest product in the world. Like they should want games to not be decided by refs. Like I, I think it would make football better. At least maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they like the controversy it causes. But what I feel like is that the NFL should have a series of officials that are watching from New York that have an orange flag that can flag any play that is egregious and missed. Right? Is that like so? I saw yesterday in the ECU uh, Pirates game. The spot was off by a whole yard. The cameras had it. Everybody had it. It really didn't take any time. Like, why is why can you not just admit that there's a sort of human error and we've got this second layer of defense here? Then the teams aren't punished for it. I think that when you challenge a play and you're punished for it, if you win or you lose, it's kind of messed up in a certain degree. So why can't the NFL step in and say like we reserve the right to confer not overturn but confer with the officials on the team on the field and we have a cleaner game i think that's what they do though to some degree right i mean like they, they don't do a full-on review like but know, there's some plays it. that aren't challengeable there's certain things you know i mean it's like we're but watching it we're all yeah like i think they, they need review, to do like, more yeah, no, and I don't. I don't disagree. I, I think that um, when you do slow things down, I mean, we we've, we've been on the on both sides of this. The part of it that I think is so tough is, yes, you can have one swing one way, but I think if you look at the law of averages, it it all evens out at some point. So yeah, I mean, being able to challenge all this stuff is irrelevant. Like eventually, it's going to be you're going to be on the opposite side of that, and you're going to be benefit. Like similar to today, we'll talk about this because I think it's important, right? Um, the Bears fans, you know, are going absolutely nuts. I had one, one person on my Twitter feed say, um, I really think the Panthers paid off the refs. And I'm just, I, I, I comment because I'm like, Hey, I, you know, and I'm trying to be reasonable in my comments. I say, listen, I know what it feels like for you guys. Cause you have to face Rogers to see all the, the calls go his way. I get it hundred percent. I get it. But at the same time, you've got your bear goggles on. And uh, and so what you're looking at is you're seeing penalties, but you're not looking at the other penalties that we got called for that were in your favor, you know. And it was like, oh, you're not even watching the same game. I said I pointed off those two at the beginning, P the pass interference on uh, Rizal Douglas, and then that uh, illegal hands to the face that gave them a first down when it should have yeah. been a first down. Yeah. Um, it was like on the shoulder, what even close to an illegal no. hands. And to the face. Troy was it Rasul Doug? There was a Troy Pride. I thought it was Troy Pride. That one. I think uh, they gave it. To, I think they 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 called it on the wrong person. Okay. It was Rasul okay. Douglas. Um, that they called it on, but I don't know if it was actually him or not. 
Like but here's another example. Here's another instance of what I mean is I don't want to slow the the game down. I don't want to make it so robotic you, you, that man. everything that is terrible. But for instance, when they get down and they get to like a they have the touchdown like at the end and that you can't see anything and they don't know if it's a touchdown and they run down there and they see where the ball's at. Why don't you just have a chip in the ball? That's Thank you. Bing, 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 bing. That for years. And, 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 then, the yep. and then the question is about was his knee down, not about whether the ball. But if the chip mm -hmm. didn't go off, the ball never fucking crossed the plane. Thank Why you. Get, yeah. I just feel like there we have technology today, and I don't want to change the game aspect. So I don't necessarily, as someone who likes baseball but doesn't really watch it as, and have a podcast about it or anything, the like I like the ump in there. I don't know if I want it so robotic to just be like green light, red light, green light, red light. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what I want, but I do think there might be more of a happy media median. I don't know if the NFL has found it yet. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Let's go to the next call. What up, C three? It's your boy Mike. Aka Supreme. Um. All right, let's go ahead and give credit to uh, where credit's due. Um, that defense, um, they did their thing. Uh, it, it was only so much they could do. Um, Russell, Russell Douglas um, continues to uh, step up. Uh, Chin, always liking Chin. Who, who can't like Chin? Um God damn! Um, on those replays, where was Teddy throwing that ball? That was great coverage. I know he had to get that ball out, but shit, it's, it it was almost like that Carson dude was the intended receiver, and the defender DJ Moore was trailing. Um, speaking of DJ Moore, um, he uh. He had some good plays. Uh, that last play wasn't on him. Um, he he did his best to try and catch that ball. Uh, that ball was just a tad bit overthrown. Um, uh, we just gotta um, we gotta sock it up. Look forward to next week because not only are, are we at the Saints, but we go right back on Thursday night to to back to Carolina. At home against the Falcons. Um, if uh, this is a true test, if we have any chance of smacking anybody up uh, this year, we have to win these next two games. Um, I got to go, boys. Keep pounding. Paint the bright till I die. I think the sad part about today's loss that's kind of – that's probably going to get lost in the moment of us just bitching about Teddy Bridgewater or whatever it was, is that we were on a three game winning streak and today was a game that was winnable. Yeah. The defense played well mm -hmm. enough. We didn't start out well and still somehow we're still in it a lot. And we found every opportunity to not to have a missed opportunity. Yeah, and I hate and that's to use why, those words. They said it in the announcement. Missed opportunities. Yeah, that's why I said earlier, man. Like, 
that's why I'm making it a point to be hard on this offense and to be hard on our quarterback and and DJ when he didn't make plays because for the most part this was a good effort by the Panthers. Like I think that we know who the who the Panthers are now. We're a middle of the field football team. We don't have enough gusto to bounce things the right way once it gets really in the opposite team's favor. But whatever, man, we'll keep it close. And then luck be a lady, man, and it'll either swing towards us or swing. Well, that's fine. We'll uh, be better next year then. You know what I'm saying? If we get six wins yeah, next but, this year, nine wins the following year, 13 wins the next year. That's the goal. Nah, but those, that's how you build gonna, a team. They're not going to build with Teddy. Ain't building like that, bro. I'm telling y'all. It's not going to build like that. With well, Teddy. we'll see how it is in two years and who the quarterback is. 252-228-5098. Smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the conversation. Yo, what's up, C3 uh, Black Ass, man? <sighs> listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Teddy Bridgewater, man. First of all, this is Google Boy Music from Twitter, man. I'm just calling in. What's up, my man? To rent my frustrations on this whole Teddy Bridgewater situation. That's what it's for. <sighs> sit on the couch, brother. Take a seat on the couch. So high. It was top five in yards. But yet they ignored the touchdown and interception ratio. Right. It's annoying at this point <laughs> because it's like you basically already know what's going to happen. And to hear Whitehead, man, like Jesus, some adjustment has to be made, man. Overall, not too bad. I did see some good stuff. I want to see DJ more get more aggressive, making those contested catches. Mike Davis with that fumble. Yeah, I care to risk Three and three. All right, uh, good comment in the chat room right now from Jason Lewis. I like this. We are good enough to be disappointed by a loss to a five and one team. Oh and that God, is, you know, is that, that's it. And that's a that's why I'm happy. That's why I've been happy throughout this whole time on the podcast. I'm not even disappointed and Teddy or anybody because there was a moment where I went into this season thinking if this Sunday show was really going to be a giant, giant chore. Yeah, but you know, like, I mean, what if today was just, I'm I'm just saying, isn't today better than if we would have just had uh, some dude come and dick slap us the whole afternoon? Yes. Yes. No, I'm happier than if we won. Dude, I don't fucking care, man. I want the better draft pick. I want oh, the yeah. That, that, well, that's the only this. thing. That's nah, the only too, thing. We're too is, far away for that. We're too but far it's settling away for from mediocrity that. again. You're like you're gonna be happy if we end up. You're eight not and settling. Eight, Do you want a team to go out there and be shitty? Do you want them to quit? No, I'd we're doing. A bad year if it means you get the the, the It's guy difference as, between as, being as, a bad year and playing as best as you can. But here's the thing, too. You gotta. You've got to remember with these guys, I mean, every single one of them are fighting for their lives, right? For their careers, for their money, for their contract, all of this stuff, right? And if this coaching staff just turns off the the, the accelerator because of we need a better draft pick, he's screwing over these other guys who are fighting yeah. every opportunity to be able to actually make money in this league and support themselves for generations from here on and, out. And listen, do y'all do y'all understand when I say like I hope it was every game? But no, when I say tank, or I, I never even say tank. 
no one in our coaching staff and no player on this football team is going to go out to lose games. No one is saying that they're going to do that or that there's even a reality where they would fathom doing that. What I'm saying is, is I'd take a bad year if it meant getting the quarterback for the next 20 years so that way we can be a legitimate contender. Well, good news. Three and three is not a good year. So, yeah. like, we're in the midst of a bad year. Don't worry. Um, you know, we're 50-50. The other thing that I would point out, or I hate the idea of touching rock bottom, right? Yeah. I don't like that idea, is that I know everybody, you draft gurus like that idea. But in reality, look, at, I want you actually here, do the homework for Tuesday night. You do it. You're the draft guy. You go ahead and tell me how many teams who have lost, who have had three or less wins the following season made the playoffs and within two years made a Super Bowl. Y'all are thinking short term. No, no, I'm not. And then second, I was watching this show every now and then when I'm in a weird place. I watch this show, Hoarders. Yeah. All right. And what I don't like about this show is that they're not hoarders. They're actually just filthy trash people. It's like a dumpster. I always thought a hoarder was someone who was like, I collected every time magazine for a bit. No, yeah. these mugs, this one, I was watching this one episode and this bitch, excuse my language, ladies, shat in her own living room because she said her dogs did it. So why can't she? I don't understand that. But there was this one episode where these girl these children were taken away from their mother because she had a drug problem and they had to live with their hoarder grandmother and they went to school and what was it they said something like they said we smelled like trash or or smelled like and it was like god that's the me and it wasn't even they weren't mm -hmm. even trying to be mean it was like you smell like dog shit no literally you actually smell yeah like once I feel like a one in fifteen team, you get the smell of dog shit in your jersey. I don't want that. I, I don't think want we the, finally. I don't want to go to school Newton. and people make fun of me for smelling like dog shit. Yeah, we got that that taste out of our mouth with Cam Newton being our quarterback for most of the last decade, right? And I think people forgot that we had to smell like shit for that for one year to be able to get a Cam Newton. And wasn't that year long that. enough? That's oh, my God, thing dude. is wasn't that one year yeah. long enough? Oh, my God. It was I actually might have had one of the most fun times I've ever had at the worst game ever because we got on the Jumbotron twice and stuff. And anyway, I don't want to smell like shit. And uh, shout out to Philadelphia Eagle, Eagle fans whose breath smells like shit or shit to be specific. <laughs> Next call. Hey, what's up? It's your man, Hunter Bands, Hunter Bands, checking in. Look, y'all, after the game, man, like, yeah, Teddy, Teddy missed himself some passes. Teddy, Teddy missed himself some plays. DJ dropped a couple of balls here and there. Man, here yeah, and there, loss, everywhere. We were looking like two. In each loss that we've taken, it's been taken to a good team. We've been competitive in all of those losses. And I think that's something that I was actually looking forward to coming into this season. So yeah, a four win streak that would have been kind of that would have been kind of overshooting cool. the moon there. But I'm gonna take where we're at, and I'm gonna take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, we could have been better in a lot of places, but man, at, at least we've been competitive in those L's. All right.
Alright. Yeah, man, I kind of feel that way. DJ Moore had more than two drops. It's Nova Black. Looking at the game today, you know, this loss to Chicago, I'm going to say, I don't think we did too bad today. We didn't do horrible. We could have easily gotten blown out, you know. Um, That bend but don't break defense held up just a little bit. The offense played sloppy. Uh, I think uh, Cody tweeted it or somebody tweeted uh, DJ Moore had butterfingers. It was a collective loss, man. Mike, the Mike Davis fumble, a bunch of screw-ups, man, left and right. Um, I think we could play much better. But, hey, listen, we contended with Bears. We don't have KK. We don't have Christian. We didn't have credits. I know the game mentioned speed because um, DJ failed us on third downs, on critical downs, where Curtis usually comes through. I'm yeah. not, you know, throwing no shade, but it is what it is. But overall, man, you know, I give us a B minus, maybe a C plus if there is such a thing, uh, because we play sloppy. We play very undisciplined football today, but we still hung in there by field goals. Um, and other than that, I look forward to the game next week. I look forward to the games week after week. I hope that we can continue to get better because I think this is the first time we played against a real playoff contending team thus far, besides the other four teams that are undefeated. Anyways, keep on it, guys. This is Nova Black. I, you know, I want to feel, I, I thought Cody brought up something earlier that was good about this is do we really think the Bears are that good, though? I think their defense, defense is legit. Yeah. It is but legit. But you've got to. You've got to keep in mind who won the Super Bowl in 2015. Defense. Yeah. Broncos. I mean, they they did have Peyton Manning, though. Did you see Peyton Manning that year? I know. I know, but But it's still not Nick Foles. Well, Nick Foles is a – Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. Can I give give another uh, hot take real quick? We are now in the era of the NFL where that is less and less true. Because in both the na- the college national championship game last year and in the Super Bowl, you had a hot, you had one of the best offenses in football and college football against two of the best defenses in pro and college football. And guess what happened? The offensive teams won. It's the the NFL is moving towards more points, more high powered offenses, and more touchdowns. Yes, defenses. That, you know they have to be stout in order for you to be a a legitimate contender. But now with the with the spread offense coming into the NFL more and more, it's hard for the offense to be wrong. So whenever you do have the receivers and the quarterback, like uh, for example, I mean I'm, I'm not watching the whole game right now, but Rodgers and Mahomes. And Roethlisberger, guys. Rogers is getting fight. beat down on right now, bro. Yeah, they're getting destroyed. Twenty eight ten, and they yeah. should be up twenty eight ten to be honest. And then, uh, yeah, so Rogers. Yeah, and I have to disagree with your comment there, Cody. Maybe last year, but if that's just last year, if you go back and look at previous winners, the Patriots had a better defense than the Rams. The, the Eagles had it. Well, okay, New England had a better defense than the Eagles that year. Patriots had a better defense than the Falcons. Broncos had a better defense than the Panthers. I mean, Seahawks but, won that one. They had a better defense. Broncos. I think you have to just have. 
I think but you got to have a top ten in both. Oh, but that's yeah, just but, really what it comes oh, down oh, to. Right. That's not. That's also not even what I said. I said we are starting to move from where that. So it yeah, it used to be defense. One year the, the defense. I'm saying it's moving in the opposite direction. Mm. That's that's the, the trend. I think there's enough evidence to say that. I'm not. I'm I don't think it has to be either or. I did hear last night in the Georgia game, the the Georgia Alabama game, that the the commentator said that Nick Saban is just having to accept that you're not going to win games with the opponents scoring 12 points anymore. Yeah, like is like you can still have a good defense and then give up. 20 points we know we know coaches know too much about about how to build a a high-powered offense you have to be balanced man that's the key dude you cannot be one or the other anymore there was a time in this league where if you had a singularly great defense you could win and actually you know what that might even be a fault that might even be a false statement there's like three teams that have done it there have not been a tremendous amount. You guys are going to point to the Broncos. I'll point to the Ravens, like uh, in my time. Come, you know, Seahawks, Patriots and, have always had a top 10 defense, almost Brady's entire Yeah, career. but they've been I'm always good. balanced, though. The Patriots, I never have felt, have won with defense only. So think about the teams that have won where they didn't have an offense at all, right? right. Okay, so you could say, all right, I maybe we'll give you the Broncos in 2015 i would actually give you this is that you're probably going to have to go back to the ravens when they won with that guy that's all always on the flacco no no even before oh maybe flacco but the one before that the guy that uh gosh his brother there's like three brothers and they played one played for seattle and sure you're talking about no quarterback the the white these oh, white quarterback. ball quarterbacks they the oh, Ravens won with him, and then the Bucks won back in the day with that uh, Oakland quarterback. Somebody Brad in the Johnson. damn uh, chat Brad room, help me! You guys, Brad Johnson, exactly. Yeah. Then you go back to what the '85 Bears. But other than that, you didn't have teams that were just winning twelve to nine Super Bowls entirely. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel. I don't feel like. I feel like you have to be a balanced team. Anyway, let's go to the next call. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Hey, this is another C three. I mean, CK fan club call. It's the CK fan club president. But um, I just wanted to say, member number that I one. I know the narrative at the end of this game is going to be that Teddy threw that pick. And then he doesn't do enough, and he's not good enough, and blah, 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 because that's what we do on Sunday for some reason. But I just want to go on the record now and say that we're playing a great defense with a great front four that gets pressure to the quarterback, and I think we saw that the first drive when he threw that first pick. Mm -hmm. But – what I think he's doing that I didn't see ever with Cam Newton that I always wanted to see is that when that initial pressure gets there and the offensive line breaks down and the first couple players start breaking the pocket and fucking things up back there, I love that Teddy knows how to do that Tom Brady fucking step through the body, step through the traffic, step up and make throws. Like, I love seeing that. 
I hate that you guys look at him on paper and are just like Teddy oh, does do that well. He climbs the pocket well. Well, he, he is an NFL quarterback because he's a quarterback in the NFL. Oh. So he gets that chance that everyone else gets on game day. And I think really what I see from him is that we haven't played a game where we weren't in. I think he gives us a chance to win. I love how he steps up in pressure. I love how he sticks to the game plan, sticks to the offense, and just does what he fucking does. Like, he's a workhorse. I fuck with him. I really wish you guys would relax fucking bashing him every fucking Sunday, but whatever. Uh, All right. How I about this? In this game. I, no, I think well, – uh, Talk to you later. All right, so um, when I, I do appreciate the one fact is that Teddy does climb the pocket well, you know, and, and for Cam, who never climbed the pocket, who just sat there, you know, is that there is something that gives another second, half second. So there is something to be interested in his footwork there. But I want to ask this question to you guys. What was the Teddy's worst game? Was it Tampa Bay or this one? Uh, I mean, you got to remember in Tampa Bay, he was down twenty-one nothing and came back too, almost. You know, but so so that was that was a decent game. Um, I would say this one to be truly honest with you. The turnovers were not as egregious in this one because they looked ridiculous in that Tampa Bay game to start this. But Tampa Bay, look at what they're doing to Green Bay right now. Their defense ain't nothing to sneeze at. Two times we've gone against a good defense. They always and Teddy has Christian not Jeffrey. been very Tampa good. Does. Sorry, yeah, he's, like he's I mean, even if we're just looking at stack sheet, no touchdowns today, and interceptions. The point of Teddy Bridgewater has is to have no interceptions, even if you get no touchdowns. Right, he's got guys. You got to remember right now. Even take out like if you look at his his work against lower tier quality defenses, he's got a phenomenal quarterback. You know, rating with wide res- or with touchdowns to interceptions ratio, I would say he's got to be. I mean, right now we know for sure that he's six and one. You know, throws six touchdowns to one interception, but then you switch that flip to the elite defenses. He has zero touchdowns for four interceptions. Mm-hmm. Like that is not like I don't care what you're get like. That is not how you win in this league. Like you could not. You can sit here and say, "Oh well, we had the run game. We had this." Neither of those games we had run game. None of them. So, in my opinion, the this game was worse because yeah. even though he might have thrown more against Tampa Bay, guys, literally, you can't make this up, man. Our defense gives us a chance to go down the field at the end of the game and tie the game, Twice. and on the and on the first play of that drive, he throws the interception that lets them kneel out. And mm-hmm. listen, man, whatever. If y'all, if people want to say that we're just needlessly bashing. On Teddy Bridgewater, listen, man, you're gonna. There are Panther fans across YouTube, across Twitter, that are gonna blow smoke up your ass and tell you, "Oh, man, we just had an all shucks bad game." And hey, maybe they're right. I think our defense played great. I think our defense. Yeah, I think that was the thing is our defense was flying around for the most part. I like how they gang tackle. I saw a lot of cool things on defense, except for one cool thing I did not see: any sacks. Right. Yeah, Bridgewater ain't it, and I'm a chain. I'm a knock that bell, ring that bell to the cows come home. All right, and, let's go to the next call. I, I think this is part two. Hey, what's up, guys? Big shout out to CK for always preaching the gospel. 
um, post game shows. It's my CK, big, fans, big man. CK. My question for y'all after the, the first half though is why fucking big Bob Marley poster energy Trey Boston can't fucking do anything. What does he do? He gets hit in the fucking hands. When Foles throws up that fucking uh, duck, we got to talk about that too. That was ridiculous. Four point game. Foles throws a duck that's like intended for Trey Boston, lands in Trey Boston's hands, and he can't even fucking catch it. What is this guy's fucking problem, dude? Jeremy Chin is like the best player in our secondary, which is embarrassing because he's like he fucking what? Play in the secondary, technically. The but you're right. Where did you're he right. even come from? <laughs> like, Yo, somebody come get the right? fucking bass player for the two team <coughs> Maytals out of this fucking secondary, bro. I can't watch it anymore on Sunday. Uh, whatever, guys. I I think this game is winnable, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Keep pounding, boys. I think though you guys brought it up a little bit earlier is that the middle of the field linebacker is seems more problematic like i'm actually been kind of yep. slightly impressed by the secondary yeah yeah you know what i mean with who we've got with the things that we've done they have not been i feel like they haven't given up giant plays they haven't looked ridiculously out of position there's been sometimes yeah oh they got a first down here they shouldn't have some different stuff like that but i don't see like i feel like they're playing above their station you know, yeah. like, I mean, they came out of the bedroom feeling good. Like, they, like, did their best job with her. The, I don't know if the linebackers are like that. Right. Except I, for I Chen. That, Chen is the yeah. obvious, like, exemption. I think that call was interesting, or that set of calls is interesting, because, you know, we've been talking about this whole show about how we thought the defense played well and how they held up, and Teddy Bridgewater was, you know, not was subpar, was not great. And that call was the exact opposite about how great Teddy Bridgewater was and how terrible the defense was, which it's, and I'm not saying he's wrong by any means, you know, it's all what you see, but it's just interesting to see how people can look at the same thing and see different stuff. And, you know, stuff maybe that others may have missed, you know, like I said, I'm not saying you're wrong by any means, but that call was the exact opposite of what we've all been saying all day long. If you notice that. We held them to 23 points a day. It's not the yeah. worst uh, effort yeah. by our defense. Our offense could not get above 20. So that's they're the highest reason. scoring team. They're the highest scoring team in the fourth quarter in the NFL. The reason I would say the, the, the Bears, they've scored 55 points in the first fourth quarter coming into this game. I would say I would say team. it's not impressive that we held them to 23 points. If it wasn't for the fact that they had incredible starting field position on pretty much every, every time, drive. yes, yeah, exactly. You're right. You're That's right. A um, I heard a, a former college defensive coach saying this: is that if our offense turns the ball over, like I mean, so they get a fumble, that I mean, or I mean, they fumble, they intercept, or whatever, that they consider it a win if the team, the the opposing team, gets three or less. So like you turn the ball over, you got we. I mean we we want to hold them to zero, but if we hold them to three, that's a win for a defense. And I felt like we were kind of winning in that case a little bit. If that equation works, all right. Um, game balls. Anybody got a game ball today for anybody? Um, Jimmy Chin, not Jeremy. Jimmy Chin. Yeah, I'm gonna give my game ball to Jimmy Chin, man. And no, how about? 
I'm a dab on them folk to Jeremy Chin. I, I'm never going to stop dabbing on them folk, man. As much as y'all tell me to forget about Cam Newton and move on, like the more the more people tell me to do it, the more I'm going to actively not do it. And I don't care if that just uh, makes my life even more miserable. Anyway, uh, I'm, yeah, man, I'm I'm dabbing on uh, on Jeremy Chin. I think he's incredible. I think that uh, we do have someone that our defense is going to be able to build around for a long time. We can do a lot of things with him. I want to go back and look at the. I know we gave up four sacks, but I can't wait to go watch the game tape to see how our tackles did against these guys. Truly, you know, yeah. is that? I mean, they were working with these dudes were relentless. So I'll be interested to see minus Tyler. You know, some different things on this offensive line. I don't think they were as bad as we made them out to be. Um, I don't really have a game ball to be honest. Yeah. I don't got one. Like, I mean, I don't know. Who who got an interception for us? Chin? All right, I'll give it to Chin. You know what? Hey, Corn Elder had a really good play where he played through a block. Yeah. yeah he did. That, that was a good play. Um, I'm trying to think of who was just exceptional on this team. Or not exceptional, but better than exceptional. And I don't think it's – I usually like to go to Robbie. Nope. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just – I mean, not a, not a big day for him. DJ, I got some issues with the way he played. You know, not, you know who know gets who the I game got. ball for me? Who? Our punter? Curtis Samuel, man. You see what happens when he's not in the lineup, bro. Oh! oh. That's the one right there. That's the mm. game ball of all game Interesting. All right. Uh, Greg, you got one? Uh, mine was going to be Jeremy Chin, but I'll just say right. Jimmy Chin, like I said, so that way we can That's have right. a different one. That's right. All right. Um, don't forget, guys, uh, the number is 252-228-5098. We're here live Tuesday nights. On YouTube, you can download the longest running C three, the longest running Panthers podcast, the C three Panthers podcast. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. Tuesday night, we'll have some guests in here. We'll kind of take a break. We'll get to rewatch the game, the tape, and try to figure out what was going on uh, and how we can proceed. I think we got the Saints next. Yeah, um, Saints and then Falcons, right? All right. Or so uh, next? I can't remember. Keep cheering right now. We got to cheer for a, a Green Bay comeback. Yeah, that's for the rest of. Uh, and who the Saints play this week? Uh, the Saints play. They're, they're on a bye week, I think. Oh, they're on yeah. a bye. Okay, all right. So we need to be cheering for Green Bay now. All right, uh, Cody, tell them how they can follow you on social media and wherever else they hang out. Well, you yeah, want to talk you can to find anybody. me. You can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack C O D Y L A C, and uh, this Tuesday. No, pardon me. This Wednesday, there will be another brand new draft on drafttech.com with new pan or new comments for the Carolina Panthers and their draft pick written by yours truly. CK, where can they find you? You can find me on uh, the Twits, Twitter, I should say, very clear on that. <laughs> Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. Um, at Coach His Dizzle wife Allen. is like, you're what? And she can find me on <laughs> You can find me there. You can find me on Instagram, same uh, same username. And also, I stream uh, most nights, uh, mostly playing Call of Duty or Phasmophobia or Among Us on Facebook Gaming. And it is also, you guessed it, Code Dizzle Allen. The man with uh, – he always has these great lines that make me want to watch his video just because they're about his yeah. head being shiny or <laughs> Did you see what my most recent was? Like the biggest, shine, clearest hit? What was it? Like No, no. I, the most recent one that I did, I think I did it last night. It was 
Um, I'm bald because my brain absorbs everything. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, Greg, where can they find you, the man of many podcasts? Uh, man, like you said, I'm on a bunch of them. You can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter. Check me out there, and you can see everything that I'm on. Uh, if you find me there, you'll find everything. Geek, Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. You'll get a chance. Check it out. November 7th, doing a charity, 24-hour charity stream for the BC Children's Hospital. Uh, if you're interested, hit me up. I'll give you the link. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You can find our work at carolinacatchronicles.com. And on YouTube is like the main platform we roll on Twitter and YouTube, or at least that's what I do. And I think what I do is the coolest, and I just don't have the energy for anything else. Uh, what I do plead for you is this, is we don't ask, I don't want to ask people, ever ask people for money, because that's not why I do this podcast. I just do it because I like to talk about the Carolina Panthers. But I do want to ask you and beg... Uh, just for your support in the show. And what I mean by that is support to me is just when you hear this show that you share a link on Twitter, that you share a link on Facebook, that you tell somebody about it. Uh, if you want to, if not, or you give us a thumbs up, a thumbs down, that's it. Like, is uh, that's it. That's the coolest thing to me is when I see people in here spending their good time with us, having a good time talking, tell the friend, tell your friends who you think might enjoy this community about it. We'll see you on Tuesday night live, 9 p.m. We'll have Picking with the Professor as well as Scouting the Saints this week. A lot of content still coming. And uh, we're going to get back on top, guys. Don't listen to Cody and them. It's going to get better. I'll see you guys. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.